You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. Man, I'm going to tell you, I was, I could have went on. We could have went on, kept worshiping, man. I tell you what, that was amazing. But the, and the title of my message is, Who's in Control? Who's in Control? And um, one thing that uh, I see going on in the church, the church, not a church, but the church, as God is bringing order and correction, is uh, who's in control. And uh, we seen last week where the scribes and Pharisees, they just couldn't ever wrap their head around who Jesus was. And they were never going to give up control. And, uh, and Jesus was always having to lead the thinking of his disciples because the Pharisees were always trying to trap him. And religion always does that. And it, and it, and it puts boundaries on us. And, and, and Jesus was never going to be able to lead the scribes and Pharisees because of all their religious precepts and traditions and, and stuff that they have come up with. But the church is each individual in the body is a stone being built up into a spiritual house of worship towards God. And, um, and, and where Jesus is the head. And, um, and at some point as we walk through this world, we're going to come up against opposition and obstacles. Every one of us. Nobody is exempt from this pressure, opposition, and obstacles. And it's going to try you to your very core. And I wish I could say there was an exemption. But these obstacles and this opposition is going to come to you while you're sitting right in the midst of a church building full of believers. And nobody can help you but you. We can encourage you. We can pray for you. And, and if you want to know what the Lord's prayer really is, it's not our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's not the Lord's prayer. That's the disciples' prayer. And I know that may grate on a lot of folks, but that's not the Lord's prayer. Here's the Lord's prayer. It's what he, in Luke, writes about it. He said, <laughs> Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. And you want to know what the Lord's prayer is? I've prayed that your faith may not fail. Only you, only you are going to go through that sifting. And we can pray and encourage and we'll pray the Lord's Prayer that your faith will not fail you. What makes God's house special is that every stone is laid on a foundation 
that was established and tested. And each stone will go through this stress test. And it will confirm the endurance and the strength for the house. God's going to test every stone to make sure it can stand the stress. Come on. In Exodus 32, verse 1. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people assembled about Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, Tear off the gold rings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. Then all the people tore off the gold rings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron, and he took this from their hand and fastened it with a graving tool and made it into a molten calf, and they said, This is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Now when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. So the next day they rose early and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Now, it's very dangerous when we play church and we call it God. It's very dangerous. And it's very dangerous if your eyes are not in the right place. Because if your eyes are on me, I will fail you. And the next thing you know, you're building a molten calf. And you're in assumption. Come on. Because that's exactly what they said. This man Moses who brought us out, they didn't even recognize who brought them out. And their eyes was on a man and they never transitioned that God was just using him as a messenger for him. Come on, y'all hearing what I'm saying? And we've done this over and over and over in America. We have set our eyes on a man. Come on. And we end up being corrupted. It's scary. Because what they did was is they fastened a molten image and when you look the word molten up, it's overlaid like a veil. You can't see. So it's very dangerous to do things for God and not with Him. And we are very good at doing things for God. But when He is the spiritual head of the house, He's wanting to lead the people so that he's in control, so that we don't take on assumptions, come on, and then call it God. 
Because I guarantee you, they all got together and they began to assume Moses is dead. Where's he been? God done killed him. We heard the thunder and the lightning, and man, it scared us. I don't, I don't, Moses done left. And so they all get together. Come on, that's what's important about last week. Beware. Get out of the crowd. Come on. Who's in control? Who's in control? What are your eyes on? Corruption creeps in as soon as we begin to think man brought us out. Look in verse 7. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Go down at once for your people. Man, that's powerful. God pointed it out. These people think you brought them out. They haven't made that connection. See, they didn't have any history. God was always, that's why God, when he went into Egypt, it says he took them out with a mighty right hand. See, all they had to do was kick back and remember the 10 plagues. Man, this God is awesome. But they weren't in control of this. Because what they did was, is they symboled a molten calf. They took a symbol of the world. They took a symbol of Egypt and made it. Come on, man. They made a culture within. Come on, man. We do that. And called it God. He says, go down for your people whom you brought up from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made for themselves a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed to it. Yeah, but they called it God. Seems all right. They called it God. Come on. This is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Listen, they never set their hearts to follow God. And when their eyes were on man, they melted. When they come up against the first little bit of opposition, their thought process went to, we don't know where this man went. We don't know what happened. Not that, hey, God brought us out and it doesn't matter what man he uses. Come on. See, God began very early on in Exodus to begin establish and show them what his character was so that they would know who he was. He began to establish his word with them. Here's what it's going to take to come to me. This is who I am. Come on. This is what I will do. This is what I want for you. This is where I'm taking you. See, he begins to establish who he is, what his character is, and how powerful he is, and how quickly they forgot and turned. 
That's why 2 Timothy, Paul told Timothy in verse 13 in chapter 2, he said, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. He is faithful. He doesn't just have faithfulness. He is the very essence of faithful. So whenever we turn and mess up, he's still faithful to us, to his covenant. God remembers his covenant towards us. He never forgets that. If he remains faithful, God bless you. If he remains faithful, and it says deny, that word deny means contradict. If he remains faithful and he can't contradict himself, it's not on his end. Come on. It's not on his end. That's why beware of the leaven. And God is always trying to get that leaven out of us. The word corrupted, it means to decay, ruin, batter, cast off, destroy, lose, mar, perish, waste. See, it may just be that God's trying to get us to another place. We have to get out of that crowd. Begin to tell yourself. James chapter 1 verse 17 Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadows. See, that's what got Job in trouble. When Job was, why God, why God? You got to be careful with your whys. Exactly. Your whys will get you in trouble. Because it gives place for the devil to debate you on God's word. You can't debate the devil on God's word. God's word is God's word. You receive it and you believe it. And then you tell the devil to take a hike. But every good thing, this is what you be, this is your thought process. Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above. So if what's going on in our life doesn't line up with that, it's not God. Come on. Man's effort in religion will always lead to decay and denial and decline, even when we call it God. And here's the deal. A lot of us in here grew up with the notion that as soon as we mess up, God's going to whack us on the head and leave us. God, where are you? God, what are you doing? God, why? See, we, we grew up under a guilt and condemnation preaching to get us to the altar just to say a prayer. And that danger in that, trying to get numbers on the board, come on. See, and so we grew up thinking that God's always mad at us instead of that every good thing comes from above that God's kindness, that God is love, that God is out there to pull us out of the muck and the mire, that he'll never leave us, that he's never forsake us. He is faithful. He will move mountains for us. He will cast them in the sea. Come on. See, we have to change our thought process 
that God's this old guy on a cane waiting to whack us on the head. That his kindness leads us to repentance. See, reality is, is that we mess up, we leave him because we don't think we can come to him because of rejection, because of guilt, because of... Con See, we allow the enemy to sit there and debate us that we're not worthy. And we can't do that. See, when we start thinking contrary to God's word, it leads us in decline, in decay. And we can't do that. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 Let's turn there. Because we got to read some of this. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Need to go back and read the whole thing. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for thy sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly concur through him who loved us. For I am convinced, Paul, who had been shipwrecked, snake bit, beat up, in prison, left for dead, had to be snuck out of town, come on, he says, in all these things we overwhelmingly concur through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me tell you, you want to, this is your mindset. This is what you start relating when the devil comes to trying to put shame, trying to put rejection, trying to tell you you're not worthy, trying to tell you you're not going to make it, trying to tell you nothing's, come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? This is what you start to recite. The word of God. And let me tell you, because the devil is always trying to take control of this. And if the word of God is in control, he'll take a hike. But if he's not in control, he'll sit there and destroy and decay and ruin and waste and come on and corrupt the stone that is trying to be laid in the house of God. That's the absolute truth. This word of God is the absolute truth. It doesn't matter who's on CNN, Fox. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's in office. If he can't even form a sentence. This is the absolute truth. They are trying to cancel everything. They are trying to bring us under a one world. Come on. 
It's not going to happen. If you think one world government is going to happen, it was already tried in Babylon. And God confused them. Come on. Listen, I know there's a time when Jesus is coming back. I know that. But what I'm telling you is they're not in control. That's where all the people of Babylon took it on themselves thinking they're God making a tower, come on, out of bricks. Oh, man. Trying to make their own, come on, trying to be independent from God. We'll, we'll, we'll never be independent from God because every breath you take is God. You can't be independent from God. I don't care how man tries to be independent. You can't be independent from God. That's why you got to understand who's in control. Come on, man. They just think they are. They ain't got a clue. They ain't got a clue. At any moment, God can snap his finger and confuse every one of them and they look at each other and not even understand each other. Come on, man, that is so funny. Can you imagine all them people? God's plan was for everybody to multiply and subdue the earth. They took it upon themselves to gather and unite in one place and it says they settled there. Every time you want to settle, you think about that. God never wants us to settle. He wants us to go and advance. Come on, man. Y'all going to have to break out them hankies. The devil's always fighting for control of our thought process. That's what happened to the people with their eyes on man. They lost the battle of their feelings and their emotions. Come on. That's how corruption sets in. And here's, here's something that we all need to understand. God doesn't need us, but he wants us. It's a huge difference. He wants us. And so he's committed to us. He is faithful to us and to his covenant, even when we're jacked up. So listen, and here's what's amazing. And this is what started all this. He set himself out to earn our trust. Just think one moment about that. God made a covenant with us, established his word to earn our trust. God's not up there just going, hey, you got to trust me. Big difference. Come on, y'all seeing this. God set out to earn our trust. Trust is earned. Grace is given. Trust is earned. Come on. He set out to earn our trust. I'm going to show you 
I'm trustworthy. I'm going to show you I'm faithful. I'm going to show you I have endurance. Come on. I'm going to show you that I'm steadfast in my covenant. I'm going to show you that everything I... I'm going to show you that I can't fail. I'm going to show you that when you're at your worst, I still love you. I'm going to show you. Come on, that's a powerful thought. I'm going to show you. And not only am I going to show you that I'm trustworthy, but I'm also going to make you whole. If you'll trust me and give me control. Oh, See, he's going to try to, he's going to earn your trust and then he's going to say, okay, now give me control. Come on, man. Hebrews 2, 17, Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. He was made just like us and hung on a cross for all of our emotions, all of our feelings, come on, so that we wouldn't be corrupted if we would take this word and begin to speak it and began to speak it, began to cling to it, hang on to it. See, that's what the word believe means. It means to hold fast. It mean, why would you have to hold fast to the word if nothing was trying to blow you away? Come on. Have you ever been on a boat that's being tossed around? You cling to that. Come on. Every emotion, every feeling that comes to give us anxiety, worries, rejection, shame, doubt, fear, he experienced and he passed the sifting. Jesus passed the sifting when he took captive every thought and said, not my will, but thy will be done. See, that's how that works. Not my will, but thy will be done. Every believer is going to be put in that position, in that mashing, in that squeezing, and that's where all the shaft comes off. That's where it's all burnt. That's where it all goes. 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 10, verse 5. We are destroying speculation. That word speculation is assumption. If they would have done that, this man who brought us out, they were assuming, come on. See, we have to begin to destroy speculation. Every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, against the knowledge of his character. If they would have just stopped and said, man, Moses didn't bring us out. God brought us out. His character is he loved us. He came for us. He heard our cry. We were slaves and now we're free. And he's taken us to the promise whether Moses shows back up or not. 
Thank you. Yes. Come on. We're destroying speculation and every lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of who God is. Come on, we got to know who our God is. And we can read this Bible and we can hang on to every story in this Bible because it's relevant for today. And let me tell you, if you will hang on and recite it, you'll begin to experience it and it will manifest itself in your life. Come on, man. I'm not just telling you something that I just... This is what we live all the time. And I looked over at Pecos, my grandson, worshiping and praising God. And it just, and we were down at our Dearlies, which is between Laredo and Katerina, right down on the border. And we'd had some illegals come through, and which they do all the time, but these were mules carrying drugs, and the Border Patrol got them, and Pecos is hearing this. His little old mind's turning. And where we go hunt, and you got to really go down in some deep draws, and it's scary and so I'm looking at Pecos as we're going in the morning it's dark it's five in the morning it's a long ways it's an hour from camp it's a big place and I said You are my shepherd. I shall not want. Begin to recite. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And man, it just, I could see him just starting to well up. I said, for my God, is with us. Nothing will harm us. What can separate us? And man, we begin to praise and we get to... Man, we had a good hunt. Come on, we begin to remember. See, when we say our God is alive, we got history that our God's alive. That he brought us through the darkest times in our life. And my grandson is sitting there hearing and learning. Come on. That our God is alive and he's faithful and he will protect us we don't need another. We don't need a molten image and call it God. 
See, God is trying to get us independent. Independent on everything but Him. That no matter what we walk through, no matter what we're faced with, that we always remember the God who brought us out. Always remember that He's faithful. Always remember His goodness. Always remember that he, what He did to Pharaoh, what He did by parting the Red Sea. Come on. He's trying to get us independent of everything but Him so that when He sets us as a living stone, Man, our mind thought process is that our God's God and there's nothing too big. There's no limitations. Nothing is impossible. And come on. No fear of man. No fear of man's opinion. Come on. Trying to get us independent of fear, independent of worry, independent of shame, independent of rejection, but our eyes totally set on Him. God, whatever I'm walking through, wherever I'm going, I'm going to praise you in the valley. I'm going to praise you on the mountain. Because I've been to the bottom and I've been to the top and you've loved me. You love me when I'm lost. You love me till I'm found. And all through Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 16, 12, it says, and you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt and you shall be careful to observe these statutes. He says, you will remember, you go through the Bible and through Deuteronomy and you look at how many times he says, remember, remember, remember. Remember, if you're going to have to think and dwell on something, dwell and remember that He is good, that He is faithful, that He give you the power to make wealth because He's trying to make you whole. That's what you remember. You don't remember your past. You don't remember your mess-ups. You don't remember how you... Come on. Because that's what the enemy's always trying to do is to keep you remembering of the things that's keeping you from going up the mountain and talking with God. Come on, y'all stand with me. We live this out. We live this out. We walk through the things. You don't have to be perfect. Yeah, but I've, I've messed up as a parent. Who hadn't? I think we've screwed up all our kids. <laughs> but you know you stick it out they see you walking through it 
they see you overcoming. They see you still worshiping. And one day, they'll remember mom and daddy was in a bind. Mom and daddy was in a bind. They were just messed up. And you know, they just kept, they refused to quit. And then the next thing you know, they're going to get older and they're going to get married and they're going to start going through the mashing and they're going to start remembering history. Mom and daddy broke to God. They didn't break to the opposition or the obstacles. And then all of a sudden, they have their own experience with God. And a man with an argument will lose every time to a man with an experience. And when you've experienced His kindness and His goodness and His faithfulness, come on, man. I've been to the bottom, I've been to the top. We've all been there, we've all been at the bottom. You love me when I'm lost. And you love me till I'm found. Your love, it surrounds me. And I can't get away. Oh, there's times you're like, I, I don't, he's like, no, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you. You know why? Because I'm committed to you. I don't need you, but I want you. I want you. And he pursues us when we're not pursuing him. Our God is awesome. He's amazing. And you may feel like you're on that island by yourself because you are. And you have to begin to recite and remember that He's for you. And then that island begins to get closer <laughs> and closer, come on. Come on, because you are the one that has to begin to recite His goodness. Jesus was in the garden. Not even the disciples could help Him. That's how a bind Jesus was in. You got three of the guys that you have to keep a close eye on because they're going to screw up. 
he's like, can't you even pray for an hour? I'm in a bind here. <laughs> That's right. He showed them. And that's why they were there. That's why they were there. Thy will be done. Come on, you may be in a spot where you just, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, and we thank you that you did endure all things you're not a high priest that can't sympathize with our plight or the pressures that we're under you know right where we're at father we thank you that you're praying that our faith will not fail lord we thank you that you are making us whole so that we will be a stone, a living stone in a house that advances the kingdom of God. Being led by you. Father, we give you control this morning. And we thank you for all you did on that cross to bring us victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love y'all and we'll see you next week.